Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 12th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus, and right now we've been studying for, for a few weeks now the parable of the barren fig tree. Uh, I'm ready to move on to the next parable, and so I've been praying about it, and uh, I'm almost there. And so uh, here's a message, though. What happened was we got to pretty much the end of the parable, but I had not addressed the fact that the vine dresser of the parable interceded for the tree. The, and so this vine dresser that's in this parable sees this tree and the owner of the tree said, cut it down. And he was like, you want me to cut it down? Instead of me cutting it down, let me intercede. And he pleaded with the owner to give it another year. He said, let me work on it and let me dig it. Let me, let me fertilize it. Let me do some stuff before you cut it down. And then we've been teaching on intercession. And then I went to Romans chapter eight and God has given us so much. So we're flowing in that same vein again today. We're going to learn more about intercession, more about this parable, more about Jesus and the Holy Spirit praying for us. Put that in the chat. God prays for me. The Holy Spirit prays for me. Jesus prays for me. To God be the glory. Here's the title of today's message. Pearls from the Parables, part 76. Interceding like Jesus. Put in the chat, I learned how to intercede like Jesus. I'm going to pray for other people the way Jesus prays for me. Interceding like Jesus, praying grace-filled prayers. Get ready to receive the word. All right, so here we go. Before we actually get into the message, um, what I want to do is, oh no, this one. All right. I want to be able to uh, address a scripture that we've been looking at all year, Psalms 126 and verse four. And uh, we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So let me read this to you in the Passion Translation. The Bible says, now Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again for me. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Say no dry areas for me. We don't want any area of our lives to dry up. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. Luke chapter 13, verses six through nine is the parable we've been looking at for weeks. Let's go back to it again. The Bible says, Jesus is speaking. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it. He didn't find any. So he said to the vine dresser, the keeper of the vineyard, hey, cut it down. And the vine dresser said, what? He said, yeah, yeah. The owner said, I've been coming for three years and I didn't find any. Listen, year one, I came, I saw nothing, I said nothing. Year two, I came, I saw nothing, I said nothing. Year three, forget it. It's not producing. It's taking up the ground. It's sucking up resources. It's not, cut it down. And the vine dresser said, hold on, sir. If it's okay with you, let me work with it. Let me intercede. Let, let, me, let me do something about this thing. Uh, you wanted to produce fruit. That's your will. Let me work on it to see if I can get his will its will to align with your will. I'm going to dig around it. I'm going to fertilize it. I'm going to do some stuff. Give me a year. And then after that, if it produces fruit, great. The tree was restored. If it doesn't, then after that, go ahead and cut it down. So for last for the last few days, in addition to this parable, we've been looking at Romans chapter eight. So as I get into what does this mean for you today, let me read for you Romans chapter eight, Verses 26 through 29, the Passion Translation, and then verse 34, and then we'll get into our points for this morning. This is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 26. In a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. 
For example, sometimes we don't even know how to pray or what to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us and he super intercedes on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs that are too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, he knows our longings, he knows our desires, but he also knows the desires of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is passionately pleading for God the Father to bless us, his holy ones, but to do it in a way that we are in harmony with his plan and our destiny. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives, understanding this, is woven to, together. All things work together for my good. Everything is woven together for our good because we are his lovers. God loves me and we are designed for his purpose. Verse 29, for he, God, knew everything about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to be conformed into the image of his son. So this means that his son is the firstborn amongst many brothers and sisters. Verse 34, who then is left to condemn us? Well, certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for Jesus was the one that actually stood in the gap. He, he gave his life for us. He conquered death for us. And now, after he was risen, he is exalted and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So how could he possibly condemn us? No, he's actually at the right hand of the Father, continually praying for our triumph. He is standing in the gap for our triumph. Put in the chat, Jesus is praying for me and Jesus wants me to win. Jesus is praying for my triumph. So what does this mean for you today? I want to talk to you about being an intercessor like Jesus is an intercessor, how to pray grace-filled prayers. I have seven things to share with you in this morning. That's a lot, seven, but I'll go through these fairly quickly. You ready? Open up your heart to receive. Here's number one, the heart of an intercessor. This is as I was coming down from my bedroom to make a cup of coffee, this is what was on my heart. I had to open up my phone and speak into my phone, and this is what I spoke. I'm going to read to you exactly what I said this morning while I was waiting on my cup of coffee. I teach so much about the grace of God that I'm constantly aware of it. I see it everywhere. As I was thinking about this parable this morning, I saw the grace of God in the heart of the vine dresser, which is also the true heart of an intercessor. The owner of the vineyard made a decision to pass judgment. He said to the vine dresser, this tree is not producing fruit. This tree is taking up, but is not putting out. It is using up resources, but is not being productive with what it's taking in. Cut it down. The owner asked the vine dresser to participate in the destruction of the tree. However, the vine dresser, instead of immediately following the order of the owner, decided to plead the case on behalf of the tree. The vine dresser was saying, sir, listen, if I'm going to participate in anything, I would rather participate in restoration than destruction. I know, sir, that you're the owner and you could do whatever you want. But if you want me to be involved, please give me a chance to help restore this tree before we destroy it. And in that, I see the love and the grace of God clearly. This is the type of heart that the Father wants us to have. As believers, when we intercede for someone, we should do it with a sincere heart. Our heart should be in our prayers. When we're standing in the gap for someone else, we shouldn't be praying for them as if 
it doesn't really matter to us. We shouldn't be praying for them as if we're just going through the motions. We should be praying for them as if we were the ones that were facing that situation. This is the heart of God, and this can only be manifested when the grace of God abounds. See, and, and that was powerful. And, and I said all of that into my phone before I even got my cup of coffee this morning. That's what I was meditating on this morning. That's how we're supposed to pray, where the grace of God abounds in our heart to where we can intercede for someone else like this vine dresser interceded for the tree. Number two, what is intercession? Pastor Bill Johnson said, intercession is about standing in the shoes of another person and praying on their behalf. Standing in the gap. This guy said, listen, the tree, you've already passed judgment on the tree. Let me intercede. Let me do something. If it was me, I would want somebody to stand in the gap for me. Let me stand in the gap for this tree. This is the empathetic nature of intercession. For you to be an intercessor, you got to have empathy. You got to have compassion. I mentioned Brandy Burrell that's watching right now earlier. Brandy is an intercessor. I've known Brandy for over 20 years. There's some people that are just graced to be an intercessor. There's some people that are that are called to pray for other people, that this is part of their ministry. This is actually part of their assignment. But whether you have that anointing or not, you should still have a heart to want to pray for other people. And when you're praying, there should be compassion and there should be empathy in your prayers to where you're praying for them, not as if, Lord, please do it. And if you don't do it, oh, well, no, that you're actually taking on whatever they're facing as if it were your own. You're praying for them in earnest and you're praying for them from your heart. This is how Jesus prays for us. This is how the Holy Spirit prays for us. And this is how we should pray for others. Put in the chat, Lord, give me the heart of an intercessor. Number three, the Holy Spirit is also our intercessor. And we, we saw that. I've already taught on that for days from Romans chapter eight, verses 26 and 27. The Holy Spirit, the text says, super intercedes on our behalf for our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit helps us and he prays for us even when we don't even know what to pray for, even when we don't even know what to ask. The Holy Spirit provides prayers and groanings that we cannot put into words. His prayers are designed to help us to align with the will of the Father. When you pray, you should be sensitive to the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been praying? Put this in the chat. Have you ever been praying and you're just praying? And you kind of maybe know what you want to pray for, but maybe not. And you just start praying. And then all of a sudden you're led to pray for this. And all of a sudden you're led to pray for that. And then all of a sudden you're led to pray for someone. And all of a sudden now you're calling out people by name. And all of a and you're but you you didn't start your prayer like that, right? It was just like the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to be so sensitive to the divine promptings of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit can guide us when we pray. Yes, there are prayers that he prays for us that we cannot put into words, but there are also prayers that he leads us to pray in our own language, in words. And so, yes, we have to be open to his leading. When he leads us, we will find ourselves praying prayers that help us and help others align with the will of the Father. That's that's what he's going to do. He's not going to lead us to try to get the Father to change. He's going to lead us to try to get us to change to align with the will of the Father. As he leads us, we're going to be praying for people and you will find that your heart is full of compassion and mercy. When you say, I live by grace, when you say, uh, you know, I'm living the grace life, I am who I am by the grace of God, your heart will be filled with compassion and mercy towards other people, empathy towards other people. Number four, 
the assurance of God's purpose in our lives. I like the fact that in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, it reminds us in the middle of all of this, talking about the Holy Spirit praying for me, that's 26 and 27, verse 34, Jesus praying for me at the right hand of the Father, that in the middle of all of that, there's a verse that reminds me that all things work together for my good. <laughs> there's a verse that reminds me that that everything, listen, good or bad, challenging or easy, that is all ultimately going to work together for my good. Put in the chat, it's going to work together for my good. God doesn't create bad situations to teach you a lesson, but God can take bad situations and turn them around for your good. And so God can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around for your good. God can orchestrate it that way. So God uses all experiences, good or bad, ultimately for your good. Put in the chat, it's working for my good. All things are working for my good, right? All things. That's what Travis Green has that song. All things are working for my good. No matter what, listen, Brother Pena, what did God say about this? I don't know. He hasn't spoken yet. What's the end going to be? I don't know. God hasn't revealed it to me yet, but I do know this is going to be good. At the end of the day, all things are working together for my good. God is a good, good father. He made good, good plans for me. And everything that he does is working together for my good. So we have to learn how to trust God through it all, good or bad. We get to experience the grace of God on a daily basis. And the grace of God empowers us to do two things. In good times, the grace of God empowers me to enjoy it. In difficult times, the grace of God empowers me to endure it. But either way, I'm going to come out on top say is working together for my good. Say amen to that. Number five, Jesus is also our intercessor. I already dealt with verses 26 and 27. That was the Holy Spirit praying for me. Verse 34 is Jesus praying for me. Jesus is praying for us at the right hand of the Father. Christ died and he was raised from the dead. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And what is he doing? He is interceding for you and I. His intercession provides us with a powerful advocate with the Father. He is advocating on our behalf. So you and I should live with the confidence of knowing that Jesus is praying for us, that the Holy Spirit is praying for us. Listen, I don't know what you're facing this morning. I know I have some things that I want to see turn around, right? I'm sure you have some stuff that that's happening in your life that you would like to see the hand of God move. And so while I'm praying, while I'm believing God, while I'm setting my faith in agreement, I also know this, the Holy Spirit is praying for me. I also know this, Jesus is praying for me. And I also know that all things are going to work together for my good. So when you understand all of that, it should give you this assurance, this rest, this peace, this overwhelming confidence that you can take it, you can make it, you can endure it. Jesus symbolic of the vine dresser in the parable, the vine dresser stepped in on behalf of the barren fig tree. Just like that, Jesus steps in for you. You're not going to know until you get to heaven how many times Jesus actually had to intercede on your behalf when you were not producing what you were supposed to be producing like the tree in this parable. And how Jesus had to step in and be like, hold on, daddy, not yet, not yet. Jesus steps in and pleads on our behalf to the father and he's asking for grace He's asking for mercy. So understanding this, and also understanding the significance of Jesus's intercession, put in the chat, the Holy Spirit works for me. 
The Holy Spirit is praying for me. Put in the chat, Jesus is praying for me. So when you know that the Holy Spirit is praying for you, you know that Jesus is praying for you, it should embolden you to enter every day with confidence. You have an advocate with the Father, right? So you should have this confidence and it should do two things. It should embolden you, say it emboldens me, right? It emboldens me, put that in the chat, I have confidence. I have confidence to enter every day knowing that God is on me, in me, with me, and for me, and Jesus is praying for me, the Holy Spirit is praying for me. So I have confidence, that's number one, right? But number two, not only should it give me confidence, number two, it should convict me as well. When I'm not producing what I'm supposed to be producing, when I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing, when I'm failing to produce or failing to walk in my divine assignment, failing to be the man or the woman that God has called me to be, I should be convicted by the Holy Spirit to do better. I should be convicted of who I am in Christ Jesus. Jesus was saying, hey, Mr. Fig Tree, let me tell you something. You're a fig tree. You're supposed to produce figs. The Holy Ghost will not come to convict you necessarily of your sin. He's going to come to convict you of your righteousness. He's going to come to remind you who you are. He's going to say, hey, listen, you're a son of the Most High God. Hey, look at me for a minute. You're a daughter of the Most High God. Look up and not down. Look forward and not backward. Come on. I need you to be who it is that you're destined to be. Say amen to that. Jesus was saying, come on, Mr. Victory. All I need you to do is be figs and produce figs. That's all. all I need you to do is be you. And God, that's what God will say to us. The Holy Spirit will be like, hey, I just need you to be you. I just need to, you to be the version of you that you're destined to be. Say amen to that. Number six, I have seven things to share with you in this morning. Here's number six the power and the impact of intercession. When I get on these, I'm a teacher, right? I'm a Bible teacher. That's what I do. Put intercession in the chat. Put intercession. I'm, put in the chat. I'm learning how to be an intercessor. So I teach. That's what I do. And, I, and I'm teaching, let's say I'm teaching a parable like I'm doing right now. And then I get to an aspect of the parable. And then I was like, oh, let me expound on that. When Jesus, the vine dresser steps in for the tree, I see intercession. And now, boom, I go on this whole thing where now I've been teaching about intercession for days. That's what I do. That's what God has raised me to do. And then we're going to move on to the next parable. And then we'll do it again and again and again. So let me like drive home the power and the impact of intercession. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are praying for you. I hope you understand that by now. The Holy Spirit is praying in you. And he prays back to God. Sometimes prayers that you can't even utter in your own language. And he's praying for you to be aligned with his will, with the will of the Father. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and he's not praying for your condemnation. He's praying for your redemption. He's praying for your acquittal. He's advocating on your behalf. Both are praying for you and I to be aligned with the will of the Father. I told you before that powerful things happen when there is a human alignment with your divine assignment. Now, this is what the vine dresser did in the parable. He worked with the tree to align the tree with the purpose of the owner. When you know that both Jesus and the Holy Spirit are praying for you to align with the purpose of the Father, you should want to develop a heart that is aligned with the purpose of the Father as well. In other words, let me say it this way. You shouldn't want... Jesus and the Holy Spirit to have to pray so hard for you, right? You should make it easy on them by wanting to align your will with the will of the Father on your own. What you want is you want to show Jesus, show the Holy Spirit, show the Father that you, as an act of your free will, want to align your will with God's will, with the will of the Father, so that 
Jesus and the Holy Spirit don't have to intercede so much for you. Like not, not for you to submit. Be like, no, I, I want to submit willingly. I, I My heart is in my submission. I want to be who it is that God has called me to be. And, and it is an act of my free will. Say amen to that. Number seven, last point for today. Put in the chat right now, I submit to God. All right, number seven, last point for today as I close. A few final thoughts on intercession today, and I'll see where we go with this tomorrow. You can find peace in knowing. Put in the chat, I have peace. You can have peace in knowing that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are praying for you. Just know that they are not praying for God to grant you selfish desires. That's not Bible. They are praying for your heart to be aligned with the heart of the Father. The vine dresser in the parable was not saying, hey, Mr. Owner, this tree obviously doesn't want to produce figs. So it's not like the vine dresser was asking the owner to be okay with that. No, he knew that the owner's will was for it to produce figs. The tree's will was for it not to. So if there's ever a disconnect between you and God, I told you before, God is not the problem. So the vine dresser didn't say, excuse me, Mr. Owner, can you just accept the tree the way that it is? No. There's some people that say, oh, God is just going to accept me the way that I am. I don't need to change. <laughs> Listen, God loves you the way that you are. He loves you just the way you are, but he also loves you too much to leave you that way. And so the vine dresser said, no, let me work on the tree to change because I don't need the owner to change. The, the will of the owner is perfect. So you got to know that when you are being rebellious or stubborn or stiff-necked or hard-headed, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are not praying for the Father to be okay with that. They're praying for you to change. They're praying for you to change your stubbornness to a yielded heart to where you can be submitted to the Father so that you can be the man or the woman that God has called you to be. When you develop the heart of God, you submit to him. And then finally, not only do you submit to him for yourself, you also start to pray for other people in earnest where you actually take on their situations as if they were your own. Oh my God, babe, such and such is going through this. They're about to go into surgery. Let's pray. And you're praying for them as if it were you going into the OR. That's how we pray. That is the heart of God. And that's part of the grace life. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Listen, this is how you develop the love of God and the grace of God and the heart of God. Put in the chat, I have the heart of God. Speak this over your life as we close. Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I boldly declare that I embrace your grace. I acknowledge that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding for me. I am confident in your plans. I believe that every detail of my life is going to work together for my good and for your glory. I submit my desires to you, trusting that your sovereign plans will ultimately prevail. I commit to praying for other people with a sincere and empathetic heart, standing in the gap, believing you for a breakthrough as if it were my own situation. And I'm assured of the victory, not because of me, but because of Jesus's finished work and because he's praying for us interceding on our behalf. So I choose to live daily with an attitude of gratitude, reflecting on your love, your mercy, and your triumph in every situation. I am empowered to enjoy the good times 
I am empowered to endure the difficult times. My life is not about me or selfish desires. My life is all about you. And living with this mindset, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. You get my notes for free. Why would you not sign up? Click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes for free in your email inbox every day. I love you. God loves you more. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so. Hit like and subscribe. Do it right now. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and, and with your friends. If you're not a partner with our ministry, check that out. Go to rpministries.org. And you can become a partner. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. If you don't have any of my books, you should probably get them. Go to rickpina.co. And if you want to uh, be, get um, coaching and mentoring from Isabella and I, and uh, maybe even have some one-on-one -on -one sessions, go to patreon.com forward slash rickpina. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.